Hey everyone, it's Simon here, and on behalf of Maria and I, I want to thank you for checking out our podcast, and I want to encourage you to check out our website. On there, we have all of our upcoming events, in-person services, gatherings all over the place, and if you're looking for a church in the MacArthur region, check it out. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, it's all there. We'd love to get to know you. Let's get to the podcast. Last year, when we started our first online services on June 20th, to be exact, last year, uh, we shared about our values. Uh, These are four core values that Maria and I laid out as boundary lines and foundations for us as a new church plant, which we still are. We still are a new church plant. And over this uh, season of fortnightly in-person services and online with connect groups in between, uh, we wanted to reshare these values for a couple of reasons. One is uh, we never really got to share them in person. There is a different dynamic looking in people's eyes, being in the room, catching our heart. There's like an exchange that happens when you're in the room together. But also, most people who are part of our church uh, and have joined in on our Everyone Church journey, which has been so exciting and awesome, uh, most people in our church now were part of our church in June last year. So it's just a good chance to kind of get back to the the basics of of what we value as a church you know as dynamics change as news cycles change as you know what the political climate is you know all that kind of stuff changes we want to keep what we value at the forefront and we want to keep what we value as utmost importance so uh we obviously we're grateful for every person that's joined in on our journey and we want to make sure we're united together in what we value and although the church kind of um It belongs to God and has with it foundations that will never change and haven't changed for over 2,000 years. Uh, When we get to the local church, in a local context, you know, many local churches carry with them a unique DNA. And in that DNA, we see what they value. We see what they, uh, their culture, how they do things. So we're focusing on the questions, hey, what does everyone church hold in high regard? What do we value? And we started with the first a few weeks ago, and that is at Everyone Church, we follow Jesus. We pursue him, his word, his way, his glory, his character. And Everyone Church is and always will be about your pursuit of Jesus. Not your pursuit of me or pursuit of of our church. No, no, pursuit of Jesus. The truth is, churches come and go, pastors come and go. Even, I'm sure you've driven by a church uh, around around our area that might be an old sandstone building that's not a church anymore. That's because there are local churches that they have a life cycle, you know. But let me tell you what never changes. Jesus, his word, the fact that we are part of a big body of Christ across the earth, and your pursuit of him will never change. And I pray that you follow Jesus faithfully and passionately until the day you enter eternity. And last week, we shared about the second value, and that is at Everyone Church, we lean in to faith friendships. Uh, We look to do life with friends. Uh, Our posture is lean in. We're not, not lean out or walls up or offenses up. No, we love one another. We pursue friendship, not just association. Uh, And now look, 
We have a lot to get into today. So if you missed any of those, check the podcast. Our in-person services are podcasted. Um, we record a special podcast-only version of the sermons for in-person church. But Or come to church. It'd be awesome to have you there. Uh, it, there's nothing like being in the room. No substitute for that. And uh, we, we uh, love gathering together. So today, I want to take a deep dive uh, into this value of faith friendships. Uh, let's take a second look at what faith friendships are and what having and being a great faith friend looks like. You know where uh, friendships really start, faith friendships, friends in the faith? It really starts with you and with me. Uh, You know, it's very easy to look and blame others and and blame systems for the state of our relational life. But what it really starts with is is us looking at God's word and looking in the mirror and, and, and knowing that we need to become the faith friend that we are desiring in other people. It starts with us, right? We're responsible for how the friendships flourish in our church and in our life. Absolutely. And and we mentioned last week that our relational life needs management with wisdom, not with just emotions or, or, or past hurts. No, we need to manage our relational life with wisdom. And this becomes even more important as people come together to form a community. You know, when I go for a drive down the northern road to go to church, or, or uh, and and I drive down the northern road, it's a beautiful drive. The other day, Elliot and I were counting all the dams as we were driving home from church. But you know, it's 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 a cruisy drive because there's not much traffic there, to be honest. It's just it's, and I've even got this cool kind of lane detection thing in my car, so the car kind of steers itself a little bit, which is you know, so you can just kind of just cruise. But if I was to drive in the city where there's traffic and cars and and no right turns and all this stuff. My focus, right? My attention needs to be heightened. All right? If I just get in cruise, but I'm in this, it's because there's traffic. There's And this is the same with our relational life. You know, as the traffic in our relational life increases, whether it's a new job, whether it's, uh, um, you know, a, a, a new church community, even like, like we're seeing right now, the more wisdom we need. Uh, and we, we need wisdom to navigate the traffic because right now, you think about it, God is forming a community called Everyone Church, a church family. And we are people that are coming together from all different backgrounds, all different experiences. Uh, and we need wisdom with how we relate to one another. Look at how uh, it, is, it describes the New Testament church in Acts 2.42. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. So those four elements there, teaching, God's word, fellowship, community, sharing in meals, and prayer. And I would say all of those really need to take place in proximity. You might be able to get away with teaching nowadays over a camera or over distance, but these things, a vast majority of them take place in proximity. And that's why church life can be so hard because proximity to people, (laughs) much like traffic in the city, uh, creates more opportunities for relational collisions. But this is how cool God is, is he uses moments of relational friction to adjust and form us. Very encouraging, right? God uses the people around me to help achieve his purposes with 
in me. It says in Proverbs 27, verse 17, and as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Like, you want to be sharp? You want to be wise? You want to be mature in the faith? Well, get ready for some adjustments, for some relational friction, right? And this is why at Everyone Church, we lean into faith friendship. We don't shy away from it. We don't back away. You know, it's it's easy to just stay our, you know, covered in our uh, chip on our shoulder and you know and not engage in community together as a church. But it's actually in community. It's in faith friendships that God begins to adjust us and sharpen us. Amen. And and, and as we lean in, we get sharper. As we lean in, we get sharper. Right. And this is why faith friends and friends in the faith are so valuable because faith friends are purpose partnerships. And that purpose is to follow Jesus together, to pursue him together. So let's quickly ask the question today, what makes a faith friend? What makes a faith friend? Now, now, not all the friends I have are friends in the faith. It says in Hebrews 10, 24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Not all the friends I have in my life uh, motivate me to love and good works toward following Jesus. But friends in the faith do. This is what we're talking about. Uh, And as we mentioned before, this starts with me. It starts with me encouraging you. It starts with me encouraging others, encouraging my wife, encouraging my kids, encouraging people around me, right? And not just expecting it from everybody else. So what kind of faith friends do you have in your life? And more importantly, what kind of faith friend, what kind of friend in the faith do you want to be? Or have you been? So I uh, just want to go through very quickly five qualities of a true faith friend. A true friend in the faith. Number one is character. A, A friendship in the faith is with someone of character. If friendship is about access, why would I share my life and place it in the hands of someone who has inconsistent or uh, or terrible character. Remember, friends help frame your future, right? And, and if you want your future to be that of character, you need, and not just any character, but Christ's character, you need to find friends in the faith who have character. Now, uh, it says in Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise, associate with fools and get in trouble. You know, I was a high school chaplain for uh, seven, eight years in three public high schools. And it was amazing to me when you'd see students come in in year seven, fresh, green, their hair is all nice. They're, they're mommy and daddy's kids, you know, like they're, they're walking in with their big backpack. And then by the time it's year eight, sometimes even towards the end of year seven, their character would start to shift. And a lot of it was dependent upon what social groups they started hanging out with. You know, the cool gangster kids would would start, hey, and the next thing you know, the gangster kids are running around behind the school buildings and and trying to skip class. And, you know, and and this is the the thing is, is, and we all know this, but our company changes us. It's inevitable for the for better or for worse. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. And what is meant there by such things? Well, foolish things, things that aren't of Christ. So I want to be a person of character. I want to be friends with people of character too. 
Now, character doesn't mean perfection, but it does mean authenticity, being authentic. Uh, If friendship is about access to your life, give access to the authentic. If, If you just give access to people who play games, well, guess what? You're probably going to get played one day. So the qualities of a good friend in the faith, number one, is character. Number two is unconditional love. Jesus said, In John 15, verse 12, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. No greater love, unconditional love. I mean, what does conditional love look like? Well, it looks like I reach out only when I need it, or I'm available only when it best suits me. Uh, Friendships shouldn't be just transactional, like I'm only in this to get something. All right. No, no. This is why the most painful relational hurts happen when someone uses friendship or family kind of relationships uh, with manipulation or or weird motives. Right. Faith, friends, love unconditionally. Uh, my, My pastor, Pastor Jack Haynes, I've heard him say many times, love is measured by its willingness to be inconvenienced. And we just read that Jesus said, love each other the way I loved you. Well, do you know what? The cross was not convenient. (laughs) It was not. That's how he loved us. You know, conditional love says, when it works for me, I'm here. Unconditional love says, I'm here when you need me. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. A true brother, a true sister doesn't run. From adversity. No, that, that's what they're there for. Faith, friendships are filled with unconditional love, not just conditional love. So qualities of a good friend in the faith, character, unconditional love. And number three, honesty. This is a huge one. Honesty. Good friends in the faith are willing in love to tell us the truth. Uh, the motiva- Their motivation in this is not just to be right. Hmm. I'm right here. I'm tell you the truth. No, no. It's actually to help us become better, to become more like Christ. And sometimes the truth hurts. You know, ironing, sharpening iron. That's not a pain-free process. No. It says in Proverbs 27, verse 6, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. We all need an honest friend. An honest friend. And honesty in relationships, I believe, has, has two sides. One, uh, you, know, you have the giver of honesty, but then also you have the receiver of honesty. Those who share honestly need to have a motivation of love, obviously, not a motivation of jealousy or, you know, no, we need to share honestly out of love, out of care for our friend in the faith. But I do believe when honesty is welcomed, it flourishes. If we welcome honesty in a friendship, it flourishes. Have you ever had a friend that you just, it's just hard to tell them the truth because they just won't listen. They don't welcome honesty. Have you ever been like that? I've been like, we don't welcome it. We don't welcome it. You know, we, we welcome it by saying, Thank you. Thank you. Even if someone says something honestly and, and you feel like, it, thank you. Not by being defensive or arguing. How dare you tell me that? No, no. Thank you. Thank you for being honest with me. And sometimes we're too busy welcoming flattery 
because of our insecurities. Oh, we love it when someone pumps our tires. Oh, great job. But, you know, we welcome flattery instead of welcoming honesty. It says in Proverbs 12, 15, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. We love accolades. We love a shout out. We don't really like a talking to. (laughs) Uh, We need honesty, not just flattery or loyalty to my faults. No, we need honesty. Good, biblical, loving honesty. So qualities of a good faith friend, character, unconditional love, honesty. Come on, we're talking about being a good faith friend, being a good friend in the faith. Are you honest? Don't be a liar. Like like the devil is a liar. The the Bible calls the devil the father of lies. We don't want to be that. We want to live honestly. And let me tell you, that's a great witness to the world, honesty, because lying is rampant in the world. I'll we'll lie to get out of the work. We'll lie. What, what, what about your boss? When they see that you're honest, I'm telling you, that is an attractive trait to have. Honesty, right? Honesty. So number four is reliability. Reliability. When life is heavy and I need someone to lean on, will you be able to carry my weight? And I'm not just talking about physical weight, okay? (laughs) I'm talking about that emotional weight, those burdens of life. Reliability. It says in Proverbs 18.24, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. You know, we must be careful to observe the reliability of our friends in the faith, our friends. And more importantly, we must ask the question, hey, am I a reliable friend? Am I reliable? Can people rely on me? Now, obviously not everybody can rely on you. You can't be everybody's best friend. You know, those people that are like drowning in their helpers, they're drowning in just being, carrying everyone else's burdens. No, no, we all need someone to carry a burden with us. Often we don't know the quality of, of our friends until we need them the most. Like the good old uh, song in Toy Story. I love it. You know, when the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed, you just remember what your old pal said. Boy, you got a friend in me. You know what I'm talking about? So reliability says you can count on me. Reliability says I can carry this with you. Galatians 6, 1 to 3 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Sounds like some honesty and reliability there. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Reliability says, I will share this burden with you. Are you a reliable friend? Do you have reliable friends in the faith? My, my prayer is that everyone church would be known as a community filled with reliable people, people you can count on in your time of need. You know, and we just mentioned how honesty has two sides, a giver of honesty and a receiver of honesty. You can welcome honesty in your life with how you receive it. And I believe it's the same about reliability. Often we don't know how reliable our friends in the faith are because we don't call upon them. We don't welcome their reliability. We think, I got this myself. I can carry this myself. I can, I'm, I'm burdened right there, but I can carry. Oh, the Lord is my strength. Listen, you are not called to carry the burdens of life alone. This is why God has put people in your life to help you carry the burdens of life. 
Amen. Don't rob yourself and your friends of one of the greatest benefits of friendship, and that is the combined strength to carry burdens, right? You know, when your friend tries to shout you lunch and you and you say, no, 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 I've got this, I've got this. Have you ever heard someone say, hey, don't rob that person of their blessing of wanting to be generous to you? I think it's the same with carrying the burdens of life. People who carry a burden with you in prayer, who, who check up on you. Come on, that's reliability. And, we, and we, all, we all know that person who is just over the top, needy in our life. We all have those people in our life who are just, you know, everything is, oh, we carry this, we carry this. But, you know, we, regardless, you know, we, we got to have balance. We got to have boundary, of course. But let's not just become self-reliant and never welcome help in our lives. So you need to be willing to be helped. So character, the qualities of a faith friend, character, unconditional love, honesty, reliability, and lastly, encouragement. And I feel like encouragement is like the oil that that helps this engine run. Faith friendships are filled with encouragement. We uh, we read this earlier in, in Hebrews 10, 24, but it really applies here. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, it says. Friends in the faith, motivate one another, encourage one another. You know, encouragement puts wind in your sails. It puts wind in your sails. You know, can I just say for us at Everyone Church, I I hope that our church, I pray that our church becomes just a hive of encouragement where it's not uncommon to hear the words, great job, well done, thank you. Wow, I really appreciate that. Let's encourage one another. Encouragement. You know, one of the best examples of... um, uh, friendship in the Bible is David and Jonathan. And David, uh, if you don't know, David, King David, hero of, of the Bible. He was anointed king at a young age. He defeats Goliath and he forms this good friendship with Jonathan, who is the son of the current king, King Saul. And you think about how interesting that is. And that is, you know, Jonathan was next in line for the throne. But here is David outside of that family line being anointed king. But Jonathan didn't have a sense of entitlement. Uh, No, he knew what God was doing. And as time rolls on, uh, Saul, the current king, Jonathan's dad, gets really jealous of David and even tries to kill him. And it gets to the point where like David has to flee and he finds himself hiding in the wilderness of Ziph, which doesn't sound uh, good at all. The wilderness, where are you? The wilderness of Ziph. Wow. Anyway, now imagine David's situation. Here he is. You're anointed king. The current king now hates you. He wants to kill you and he's using major resources to track you down while you're in the wilderness of Ziph. Like, not good, right? And and that to me sounds like a scenario where you might be discouraged. You might be thinking, hey, hang on a second. God's anointed me. He's called me. But now I'm, I'm, you know, and look what happens in 1 Samuel Chapter 23, verse 15. Let's read this together. One day near Horish, David received the news that Saul was on his way to Ziph, the wilderness of Ziph, to search for him and kill him. Now, that wouldn't have just been Saul by himself on a horse or something. No, he would have had serious military resources to track David down. And then let's read what it says in verse 16. Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. Wow. Verse 17, he says, don't be afraid. Jonathan reassured him, my father will never find you. You are going to be the king of Israel and I will be next to you as my father Saul is well aware. What a great friend. 
Jonathan seeks David out in his wilderness moment and he encourages him to stay strong in his faith in God. Man, what a picture of faith, friendship. And he reassures him of the dream and the vision and the anointing and the promise of God that's over his life. And there was no jealousy in Jonathan. There was no, oh good, if he gets rid of him, then then it's my turn. You know, no, no entitlement. This is the kind of friend I want to be. A friend that encourages, a friend that reassures, a friend that calls out the dream, the vision, the promise, the anointing in my friends. God has placed you in the life of someone else to call out the dreams, the anointing, the vision, to encourage them in their faith. Come on, let's be faith friends. Encouragement. You will never encourage when you're jealous and entitled or threatened. Faith friends are purpose partners, not competitors. Hear me on that. You know, even think of our church community or at work or, you know, uh, we're not competitors here. We're, we're purpose partners. So come on, at Everyone Church, we lean into faith friendships and the qualities of a good faith friend. Character, unconditional love, honesty, reliability, and encouragement. What kind of faith friend have you been? More importantly, what kind of friend in the faith are you committed to being? I want to be a faith friend, a friend in the faith that embodies all of those characteristics. Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for everyone, church. I thank you for this community that you are bringing together in proximity and the traffic's increasing. We had new people last week. We've had people crossing paths, people getting to know one another. And I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to be the best faith friends we could be. Lord, help us to be filled with character, your character, your unconditional love, your honesty. Help us to be honest, Lord, and transparent. Help us to be reliable and help us to be encouragers. Lord, we lay down our any form of jealousy or, or unforgiveness or entitlement. Lord, we lay it down and we just help us, Lord, to, to spur one another on to love and good works. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, I hope the word challenged you, encouraged you today. I hope you enjoy church and we're looking, we got Men's Connect this afternoon and we're looking forward to gathering in person next week. Hey, maybe get in contact with a faith friend this week and encourage them in Jesus name. Have a great week.